Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone to episode 48 of Winging It. I'm Ali, he's Alex, he's Andrew. Uh, I know last week we said we'd record an episode on Friday, but frankly that was a god-awful game to watch and we all needed a break on the weekend to, to basically get over it. So uh, I'll, I'll kick it off to, to Andrew. Andrew, I know this is like your most hated time of the football season. How did you feel watching that game? Uh, I, did you cry a lot? Did you feel like you know the nah. world was was basically just like had stopped moving? Let me know. This, oh man, this, well, despite despite the injuries, which all happened to the Eagles and the Browns were just they were just completely unscathed. Um, other than that, I mean, I think I watched like the first. I watched the first few drives. I watched Zach McPherson get a little picked apart on the first drive. I, I felt like maybe he was getting a little, uh, he, he wasn't getting enough love. He, he seemed to be in the right spots. He just, um, he just wasn't able to make the play. Um, before I just hopped on, actually, I started, I'm, I'm still tasting my breakfast. Um, I just got an update from Yahoo that in their most updated Madden 2024 simulation, they have the Cowboys. The Cowboys went sixteen and one and win this and won and won the Super Bowl in a Madden simulation. So everybody, don't buy the newest Madden. It's clearly not based on reality. <laughs> so um, anyway, that's that's where I am. Alex, uh, you were at the game, man. Uh, talk about your, you know, the first time back at the stadium in a while. Yeah, it was cool, man. It was it was neat. I didn't even like realize it, and and like I knew that this is true. But to actually walk back out on the field and see a new banner and the last game that I was at was the NFC Championship game at home was like really cool to see like oh, the yeah. banner from, from all of that. Um, stadium was cool. I mean, preseason's nice because it's really easy to get in and out and you're not really fighting a, a whole lot of traffic because uh, you guys know that's like the thing I hate the most. And I got to say, at least where we're sitting, Little Caesars Pizza is now <laughs> in Lincoln Financial Field and my dad and I got one and phenomenal little caesars little c is is underrated pizza, pizza. The, the 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 pizza they had last year was absolute trash it was like awful it was like super thick doughy this like gross like marinara sauce but little caesars in the club at least like i'm really excited for that this year um so that's Quick one confession. thing that was re- that I, was really uh, positive i've i've never had little caesars before that that's that's there's a confession <gasps> oh man um, so what? while we're just on the topic real quick, yeah. I'd actually I'd like to know what each of your favorite fast food pizza is. Like, do you guys do you have a go to? I know Domino's five 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 was like kind of in everybody's like, you know, auto dial for for a little bit. I am biased. I, I worked for the Papa. I worked for Papa John's for quite a few years. And to this day, I still I enjoy the, the sweet, the sweet sauce. And um, although Pizza Hut buffet when I was a kid was probably the greatest thing ever. But I, I probably lean Papa John's. What about you two? So my favorite in the Philly era, Philly area is Corpley's tomato pie at any cook. I don't know if that's considered We're like fast ta- food. No, but that Dude, you can take that out. 
you can t- you can go in and pick it up at like any grocery store in the Philadelphia area. That's fast food pizza to me. No, I still feel like Corpoli's is like is higher end. Like I, I know that end. that's going to so, be good. So that's stuff. like a staple. That's like if I'm coming to your kid's third <laughs> birthday party and I'm going to be hot and I'm going to be chasing around my son the whole time. Give me some Corpoli's. But as far as like <laughs> hot and ready fast food pizza, um, I'd probably go Domino's just because I don't know what they did, but like ten years ago they did like this like garlicky crust and it's mm-hmm. it's so freaking good mm-hmm. so much better than domino's past so i love it little caesar's though is like a bible study or coming out to like our house like housewarming like staple so i've had a lot of little c in my life nice i'm a huge fan though i'm a huge fan of it and i think the one in the link was like a deep dish show it was a little bit a little bit of specialty Ooh. there as well I'll get on the wagon. I got nothing but time. It, I'll, I will have myself some little Caesars one day before I am, you know, one day before I check out. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that I is... miss the uh, the old Pizza Hut personal pan deep dish pizzas oh you get like uh... at like Costco or, or you know, one of those big stores. Those things were elite, man. Gosh. Mm-hmm. Ali, do you have a did you have a go to ever? I mean, you can't go wrong with Domino's, right? Like, it's a good, it's, yeah, a, it's a, I love Domino's quality enough for the price pizza, and then you get an elite service with the app. I know where my <laughs> pizza is constantly. I know where my delivery driver is constantly, and now you can actually deliver. This is not a paid promotion, by the way, from Domino's. Now you can <laughs> deliver, uh, pretty much anywhere. Right. Like you can drop a pin and the delivery driver doesn't need it, even need an address. They just use like, oh what can you dropped. I'm not kidding. When I worked, when I started with Papa John's, all we had was this giant poster map of the territory. And I would literally write down the directions on the back of the receipt because like, I don't even think iPhones, I did get my first iPhone while I was working for Papa John's. And I remember using a GPS and being like, oh my God, this is the new, this is the new world right here. And here we are, you know, 10 years later or whatever. And people can literally track their delivery on an app. So look, you know, one of the things that have gotten pleasantly better as we've gone on, uh, I will use it as a, as, a, as a segue into things that will also hopefully get better as we go on, which is the Eagles. We just watched a lackluster game. Again, it's preseason. This is what you're going to see. Unfortunately, we did get bitten by the injury bug a little bit. Um, again, the, I, you know, these aren't players that are going to be full-fledged starters that are getting hurt, and that's what we want. Um Alex, you posed the question before. Do I want to know both of your both you know both of your opinions here? What is your take on preseason strategy? Because obviously you want players to get reps, you want them to get real time action. But we saw it, man. It's like nobody's safe. This is still a big boys game. So um, how do you manage your starters, and how do you find that happy medium of trying to? Get them experience while also making sure that they go into the season healthy. Um, Ali, I'll start with you. Yeah, I think you go into it with the approach that you're evaluating more than just the people that you've got on the payroll. You're evaluating potential additional talent that you could add that could add depth to your roster. Um, I do think that with that comes you, you you have to put them in position to be as successful as possible right we can get into marcus mariota and and where you know his his sort of uh sort of like down marks are uh but if you're trying to evaluate receivers and you've got marcus mariota throwing at them it may not necessarily be the best indicator of what their true value is so my perspective is you get your starters in at, 
at least a couple of drives in throughout the preseason just so that they can knock the rust off against another NFL team. And then you get them out so that they can reduce chances of injury, right? Because we all know, right? Like when you first start a workout, when you first start a season, the chances of injuries are a little bit likely, uh, more likely because you haven't pushed your body to that level yet. Uh, but at the same time, you got to have that nice, happy medium of being able to knock the rust off. But as I said, it's an opportunity to evaluate the depth on your roster, but you also have to put them in position to showcase that talent. Alex, what say you? Yeah, I mean, I think I think I have a very unpopular opinion, and honestly, I don't even have a like, lot of logic behind it, so it's like totally cool to like rip it apart. I'm not going to die on this hill. Um, I don't think you – you don't see – the level of talent Tom Brady has. And you saw him come into a game when Drew Bledsoe went down. Do you guys remember that story a few years ago about um, that uh, Cleveland Browns kicker? This guy was like homeless and he got a spot to like come and like practice with the team, made like third string and ran back a punt return for a touchdown. He doesn't even play in the league anymore because he's playing against other third rounders, right? Like at the end of the day, your your entire stock and your entire everything is based on your first stringers, Right. Even Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback we may see in our generation, was practicing with second and third wheelers when when he was going behind um, Drew Bledsoe. But we didn't actually notice how good he was until he was in a game-time situation and what he needed to do. So all of that to say, my perspective is I would like to see the starters play a little bit more in preseason. Injuries are part of the game. It would really suck if Jalen Hurts went down um, in a preseason game and we can totally blame the coaches and do everything. I don't think he needs to play a full game because it is for nothing. But I think reps are incredibly important. I don't want to see Jalen Hurts' first rep against a Patriots defense be the first rep he's ever seen against someone that's not only on his team and he understands their tendencies and what he needs to do. Of course, he's lighting it up at training camp. He knows what the other guys are doing. Of course, he's progressing. So I think it's a little bit unpopular, but I'd like to see the starters play like first quarter, first half of the game to get that rust off, build momentum in the early start of the season. If injuries happen, it is what it is. But if it's going to happen preseason, week two, week seven, NFC championship game, I mean, it, it's going to happen. It that NFC championship injury doesn't matter because he didn't play in preseason or not, but the record to get us to the NFC championship game because he won all those early games is much more important to me. So that's my thoughts on it. Yeah. It's uh, you know, I don't really know what else can be done. It's like they've already removed one game from the preseason. There's only three games now, as opposed to there being four before. I mean, can you even, can you shrink that to two? I don't really know how much goes into the NFL as a business at that point. If they, if, if they find it, um, you know, worth it to reduce the games. I mean, as a fan, I, the less, or at least for me personally, the less preseason, the better, because we're all holding our breaths, hoping that, you know, we don't see any injuries on the field or we keep all of our guys safe. Um, but at the same time, we know that we don't want them going in completely cold uh, into the season. So that's why I think, Ali, you even alluded to this maybe, you know, uh, the last episode about how the first two weeks of the season, in a sense, do kind of feel like like preseason. I mean, when, yeah. when the Eagles played the Lions last year and we had that big first half lead and then we kind of let them off the hook, the Lions come storming back. You know, who, who knows if, if that same type of outcome would have happened later in the season. So. Um, with that being said, I do think that preseason obviously is a very good opportunity to take a look at the backup quarterbacks. So we saw another very underwhelming Marcus Mariota performance. Um, it doesn't look like my man can hit much of anything. I know he's got some legs and that is 
helpful. And, uh, you know, obviously we have a very good offensive line. So I try not to worry too much. We've seen some really nice things out of Tanner McKee. I think it might be a little bit too premature to have him as QB two right off the bat, but at least he is showing like he can mm-hmm. sling the ball around a little bit. So Alex, I'll go, I'll start with you this time around. Mariota. I mean, again, you were there, so you saw it up close and personal. <laughs> My man does not look good. Um, Heard the booze uh, even before uh, the season started. <laughs> you know, hopefully all season we never have to see him put the helmet on. I just want to see shots of him on the sideline, never needing to actually enter a game, but there's a, of course, there's always the risk of, of people getting hurt. So yeah. So yeah, so, yeah he, here's my take on it again, not a very popular take. And I just love Philadelphia sports media. Just, I just love it when our backup quarterback has a bad preseason performance and everyone's talking about bringing Nick Foles back or <laughs> going to call Joe Flacco, but it is actually kind of true because like even why Carson w- Wentz, even yeah, Carson oh my Wentz God. Could you four imagine different. If, <laughs> yeah. Could you imagine if, if Wentz backed up hurts Eagles I mean, helmet? He, here's, here's my, here's my perspective on it. Um, Marcus Mariota has NFL playtime experience. He's a Heisman trophy winner. He has had a little bit of success. He's played in the playoffs before, um, yeah, I, I think he's a perfect quarterback too. I think he was throwing very high. He was throwing a little bit reckless and he didn't, he, he, he just did not have a good game. Loved what I saw from Tanner McKee, tight windows, made the throws he needed to throw, stood in the pocket, didn't look nervous at all. Um, I love that little, uh, last minute, you know, drive down the road with a little play action boot and goes and throws a tight. Like, that's awesome. And that should, if anything, be really encouraging to everyone that like, hey, our depth has depth. But this storyline of we're going to cut Marcus Mariota and bring Tanner McKee up and have Nick Foles and Joe Flacco come in to mentor Tanner McKee. I mean, guys, you sound ridiculous. And that's like to all sports media. I'm cool with like debating and having this like philosophical debate on is Tanner QB2 and is Marcus Mariota, but Marcus Mariota is undeniably our backup quarterback. You're crazy. You sound crazy to me if you think anything other than a guy that has proven NFL experience, who's led a team to a playoff before, is not going to be the guy that you have backup. He shouldn't be starting. He should be a backup quarterback. Drew, what do you think about this? I'm right there with you. I mean, I, I, I kind of saying the same, you know, the same type of thing. It's like, I, I, I appreciate oh, that. Ali is not liking this. I like where I, this is going to go. <laughs> I, I, I uh, Look, don't get me wrong. What we have witnessed these first two preseason games is is ugly. But I, I don't think that that is the story of Marcus Mariota. I don't think that I almost would rather see him perform lousy now than kind of, you know, put on this show. And then when if he is called upon during the season, all of a sudden he can't. He can't hit the what's it the broad sign broad side of a barn is that the saying, um, you know I, I take him for what he is he's got experience I think his IQ should be at least adequate for you know like for somebody as long as he's been in the league and I think again on this team when you, when you can run that RPO style offense and you have that dual yep. run threat I don't think he's going to be asked to do a whole lot so. Um, I'm fine with it. I'm I'm trying my best not to like really waste too much energy on worrying about yeah. Mariota because I'm hoping we never see him. But Ali, I know, yeah, I know n- you now may that, feel otherwise. Now that we have a third voice on the right. podcast, and this is why we have three voices, so we're not just agreeing with each other. <laughs> Ali, let it rip. Now's your time. 
I don't know what you guys are talking about. Totally. No, I'm just kidding. No, I wish I honestly, I wish I had a notepad taking notes here. Um, yes. Our offense depends heavily on the RPO. Uh, specifically the second word in that acronym, the pass piece. Uh, we can uh, all agree that quarterback is arguably one of the, if not the toughest position in all of sports, right? Uh, and successful quarterbacks need to have this unshakable confidence that when they throw an interception, when they throw an incomplete pass, when they overthrow a guy by like 20 yards, they can come back and make a tight window throw. His body of work so far in the preseason are cause for concern. His body of work so far in training camp, although I have not seen his interceptions that he's thrown in training camp, but his body of work there is a cause for concern for me, especially when we know that Jalen Hurts over the last two seasons that he has been our starting quarterback, the full seasons, he has not completed all 17 games within the season because he's gotten injured by virtue of bad luck by virtue of the fact that he is a running quarterback, which makes him high, more susceptible to getting injured. But because of this, we need to take a, a stronger and a harder look at our backup quarterback position. We didn't do that last year. We saw what happens when we've got Gardner Minshew in there and trying to stir up some of the magic of Minshew mania. But when mm -hmm. I've got a guy who is what, three and three at playoff record, former Heisman Trophy winner, former starting quarterback, and he can't make simple throws to receivers who like it's it's not like these balls are getting dropped he is overthrowing these guys he's underthrowing them he is making some bad throws that I, mean, I would expect from rookie quarterbacks and he's not getting any better this is a I, concern I do remember I remember you know even going into last season we had the same exact concerns about QB one, you know, we had the same exact concerns about Jalen Hurts and his ability to hit open receivers. And for a while, it looked like he was never going to be able to do that. Now, I'm not saying that Mariota is going to all of a sudden put on an Eagles uniform and then step out there during the regular season. And, and, and we're going to see some sort of improvement, especially when he's at his point in his career where he's probably past the halfway point and we've probably seen as much progress as we're going to see. But at the same time, I still don't want to just judge off of early in the season when I do believe that because of his experience, there is still an ability for him to find, you know, at least find his footing a little bit and not be as bad as what we're looking at now. How many years has he had in the league, though, to find his footing? You've got a guy like Carson Wentz, who is having an MVP season, sees another man take his team to the Super Bowl and win. And I get what it, but Nick Foles didn't do anything before that either. And then Nick Foles gets put in, Case Keenum didn't do anything, and he's older in his career. And then all of a sudden, he's taking a team to the NFC Championship. It's like these random ass quarterbacks just kind of like mm -hmm. show up at weird times in their career. And sometimes it might even just be like, you know, this is, this is hypothetical, but like hurts, you know, coming out of the game and walking over to Mariota and just like talking in his ear and being like, yo man, you got this. And then Mariota going out there and being like, all right, I'm the guy. And, Somehow just catches momentum. I know it's far-fetched. I'm not saying To be fair, happen. to be fair, Nick Foles is not some backup scrub, right? The guy has NFL records. He's got jerseys that are in oh. Canton for throwing seven touchdown one passes game. in a game. Sure, he's thrown, what, 27 completions in a row, which ties the NFL record. The guy is a very capable quarterback that could have started in multiple you know, organization. And we agree that he played the two best games of his entire life in the NFC championship 
and the Super Bowl. And it was very unexpected. And we obviously will love him. And, and then he that. came out of the next season and we were like, OK, Nick, thank you. But we're ready for Carson to come back now. We saw how, how that went as well. But yeah, and that's yeah. Nick Foles's that's Nick Foles's M.O. He's a backup, right? We right. shouldn't have to expect. I mean, we, we may need to expect Marcus to play. I think it's a very valid point. But I'd, I'd rather have Mark. Like I, I, I think the question we should be asking is who would we rather have in a game time situation, Marcus Mariota or Tanner McKee? I'm going to Marcus Mariota 100% of the time. Yeah, I mean, I think off the bat you have to just based off of experience. But I don't, I don't think that leash will necessarily be very long if McKee yeah, is agreed. Yeah. yeah, he he goes in and he he drops a duck. Right now, now we're all going to be calling for Tanner. I'll be I'll be first one to say. Hey, like I want Tanner in there because we gave Marcus some game timing experience and he didn't do well. Um, but I think at this point, that that that's not the call Nick would go with. Also, just I mean, just, seriously, just hand the ball off. Just hand the ball off as much as possible. Like I, but, I still believe our team could just push the pile and just keep moving that way. With a QB two, with QB two versus QB three, you do lose those reps that Marcus Mariota is probably getting with the first team offense. So not having that practice puts Tanner McKee at a disadvantage when it comes to game time. One last point that I'll make. Um, Marcus Mariota, again, very capable quarterback because he started in the NFL. Um, it is, again, final thing that I'll say, it is a cause for concern to see that a capable quarterback, a playoff winning quarterback, is not making these simple throws that he should be making in his sleep that he was making in college something is off with this guy and I don't know what it is it could be the fact that it's not a real game and and the pressure is not on him but when it does happen and he is put into that situation I think you're going to hear all of Philly sports media going back to the preseason going back to training camp and saying we all saw it why aren't the coaches seeing it and over the last few seasons we've had situations like this with Doug Peterson sticking with Carson Wentz throughout the entirety of that season before he was finally forced to start Jalen Hurts we all see it we all think it's a cause for concern if this Marcus Mariota starts in an NFL game for us a regular season game for us and yet we're still willing to sit back and say, ah, he's a more capable backup. It's okay. It's, it's not a real game. It's still preseason. He's going to knock the rust off. It's going to be fine. Look, it's backup quarterbacks are not, are not a dime a dozen. Like they, they're just, it's not easy to have a capable backup where your, your, your first string quarterback exits. And then all of a sudden you have the same chance of winning with a backup. It just, it doesn't happen. Like there's teams don't carry two awesome quarterbacks or at least, you know, you, you can't afford it a, because quarterbacks right. are expensive. Um, so you kind of, you, you honestly, I hope that this is the last that we have to even talk about Marcus Mariota. Like I'm, yeah, I'm truly same. praying that Agreed. we don't even have to like worry about this a- at all. Like it, I think it's, it's good because it is a potential fear and I'm, I, yeah, I, I don't want to see Jalen ever have to leave and, and worry about this. But at the same time, I, I, it is cause for concern. You're not you're you're not wrong at all. Um, why don't we d- dive into the rookies a little bit? I know Nolan Smith showed some things this past week. Uh, what else have we? Re- I'm trying to think. Who else? We you know obviously Jalen Carter getting a little bit more action. So um, I know Ali, your boy Sidney Brown also. So yeah, let's 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 dive in a little bit. Alex, what was your your rookie takeaway? What did you you know what what did you see? Kelly Ringo gave up the absolute worst route that I've ever seen in my entire life. 
I've watched a lot of games at the link and I watched Kelly Ringo run step to step with some no name receiver. And that was a pick or a swat. Like it didn't even like register with me that the guy caught the ball. And then when they showed the replay, he stopped running. So that was like really concerning. Um, I do actually have a lot of concerns about the linebacker situation. I know Nicobe Dean had a forced fumble. He, 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 he hit the ball, but it wasn't just, it, it was like in passing. It, come on. Like, it wasn't just like this, like amazing punch out and everything. He kind of just like, like almost like, you know, ball tap the guy as he like walked by him and the ball happened to come out. It wasn't like that impressive. And everyone's like, I, I think people just want this like overwhelming feeling that like our linebackers are going to be okay. So they're trying to hold on to anything, but like, I don't see a lot of, um, I, I don't see a lot of promise coming out of our linebacker room. So I think, you know, yeah, the Nolan Smiths and Jalen Carter's like, they should be good. They, they should be good. Right. They went that high in the draft. I'm glad that they made pays against some second stringers. Really glad about that. I'm very <laughs> concerned about our linebacker depth. And I'm really concerned about some of the level of play with our defensive backs with like Kelly Ringo that are just giving up gimmies, swatted balls, balls that are basically just the quarterbacks like, you know, my receiver might catch it or not. Those are the only two options. And like our, our dude just stops running. So that's kind of my analysis. It's a, it's a little bit bleak if I'm being honest. Yeah. And now with Miles Jack announcing his retirement, he was yeah, here he for a carpenter or a plumber. What the heck is that all about? Hey, you know, doing some manual labor, good for him. You know, that's it's a, that's a good, honest living. And now he has more time to play Call of Duty as well. So, you know, good for him. Good for um, good for but him. that does obviously make the linebacker, you know, depth even even quieter. So, Ali, I, I, I know you're big on linebackers. Who was your boy that you were loving in college? Was it Drew Sanders? I think you had your, your eyes yeah. on in, in the draft. But, uh, you know, N'Kobe Dean going into really his – I mean, it, it does kind of feel like a rookie season because he didn't he didn't play at all last year. Um, and you got guys like Nicholas Morrow. You have Zach Cunningham, uh, Zach Cunningham, who to me, yeah, he, he was good. one of the he, he looked all right. So um, it's hard to feel as good as last year with TJ Edwards and and uh, Kaiser White. Like they really were rock solid and kind of unexpected. Um, yeah. Do you feel any similar level of confidence, Ali? And uh, yeah, any, anything else you'd like to add on the rookies? No, I'd say the biggest concern of mine heading out of last season was at the linebacker position and it was at the safety position. I feel great about the safety position, given everything that we've seen from Sidney Brown so far. Dude, honestly, he he might he might make a push for the linebacker position because of how, how uh, downhill he runs. And he's a pretty hard hitter, too. No, so Zach Cunningham, I, I like what I saw out of him uh, against the Browns. Um, Christian Ellis uh, was getting a lot of praise from the announcers. Granted, it was against like second and third stringers. So like, I, I'm not really sure how to evaluate that piece. Uh, Jalen Carter, I'll just make one plug in for Jalen Carter. There was a, a, a video clip that was uh, circling on um, Twitter. Well, I guess X now. It feels weird to call it X. Uh, mm -hmm. But it was circling on X where uh, Jalen Carter got pancaked. And everyone was like, oh, everyone's super hyped about this guy. Uh, but after looking at the replay of that play, the dude drew the center, the guard, and the tackle. All three of them got were their attention was on Jalen Carter, while Nolan Smith did a uh, a stunt to the inside 
And yeah. it was absolutely incredible to watch. Like this guy is going to be a superstar. His strength is just unbelievable. Anyway, back to your question about the linebackers. I am concerned. I'd like to see a little bit more coming out of Zach Cunningham. Nicobe Dean is just not showing me what I expected from he a second year player. He looks, he looks slow too. It's just, it's just that, again, in my mind, it's one of the most difficult positions on the defense because you're kind of like this hybrid lineman, defensive back player, and you've got to make these split second decisions and you've got to hit hard. He just does not, he's not giving me what I'd like to see. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I I do think the story is going to change a little bit week one, but like, I'm just, I'm looking at our depth chart here. It's Nicobe Dean starting Sean Bradley, Zach Cunningham, Christian Ellis, Nick Morrow. Like these are no names. And if Nicobe Dean is playing like he's playing, like that's just, you know, sure. You have Slay, you have Bradbury, you know, I mean, you're going to have talent on the field, but that's just going to leave the middle of the field. Just, just being open. Yeah, and I again, wonder... I, I don't know, TJ Edwards and Kaiser White weren't necessarily standouts either, and that team got us to a Super Bowl. And I think we are going to be able to put a lot more pressure on the quarterback where these balls are going to have to come out quicker. So we'll see. I mean, we've never just had, like, elite. Like, I can't think of, like, a super elite linebacker in the last, like, 10 years we've we've had. I, fi- yeah. I mean, I, f- I feel like TJ Edwards was actually, he like, according to, like, PFF or whatever, the official actually, rankings yeah, of positions. Actually, you are right about that. He was, yeah, he was ranked as like a top three linebacker last year, which was absurd. Um, yeah, you're right about that, actually. I don't know if maybe there's any, I, I, I hope not, just based off of what we saw last year, while, you know, when Hassan Reddick, when he, when he was playing on the D line, obviously he was after the quarterback constantly. And when he was put back in, you know, when he played linebacker or dropped in the coverage, not as successful. I'm not sure if that's something that they may try to tinker with. Next question, uh, who's wide receiver three? Because I know who I want it to be, and I want to know where you guys are with this. I don't I don't think Quez should be our, our number three. So um, I, you probably know who I want, but I'll let you guys fill in the blank. Who is your who's your number three receiver right now? I, I got to say, there was a lot of trust with Zacchaeus out there. Did he did he end up getting hurt? I think he just went off the field and was like precautionary, right? He actually looked really good. He created a lot of separation. He did drop some balls. He did, right? Uh, but he was certainly getting like he was getting first looks on on almost everything. I like Zacchaeus. I'm not entirely sure about how he translates from from speed. He's definitely not like a a, a big guy. Um, I mean, who else do we have? You definitely don't want Covey. Yeah, I mean, got, then, then you're you looking at Zacchaeus, Allen, Greg Ward, and and you know, or maybe Joe. I mean, Joseph Nagata. Is it Nada or Nagata? Um, Nagata, I think. Yeah, he's a lot of fun to keep an eye on um but yeah i mean t- to your point it, it's probably going to be zacchaeus or quez with that number that number three spot i i, I want to love quez and he's made it a little difficult but uh i still think that there obviously is potential there but I think zacchaeus was like the second leading receiver last year on the on the falcons i know they weren't a very pass heavy team, but they still had Drake London, who was, I think the first wide receiver drafted last year. Um, so I have this weird confidence in Zacchaeus as this very, very like low profile underrated pickup. So, I agree. um, I'll be curious to see what happens there. Um, Ali, what do you think that, about wide receiver yeah. three? I think Quez, this is a make it or break it year for him. If he's not able to elevate his game, 
uh, versus last year. Obviously, we remember the game against the Commanders. Uh, we remember the it's drop in the Super Bowl, mm. right? Um, it's it's truly a make it or break it year for Quez. I really want him, like you said, Andrew. Like I want him to succeed. I want to like him. I want him to succeed. But it's truly going to be up to him. I like what I'm seeing out of uh, Joseph Ngata. Uh, it's a that's an epiglottal. Uh, you know, push their ngata, right? Um, but uh, I also want to see what this kid Devin Allen can do. I mean, he's supposed to be the fastest player in the NFL. So let's see if that speed has hands. I mean, right? Like if if the the wide receiver three isn't the guy who's stretching the field, what is he really doing? Devin Allen is a practice squad player that's making the roster to try to burn defenses and get people equipped with game time speed. I think that's all he is. I don't think there's actual prospects of him. Now, I base all of this off absolutely nothing. So, you know, that's just me speculating. I think he's just a really fast body that knows how to play out there. But I don't think he's he's not Tyreek Hill, Ali. I just I don't think he's going to have the IQ and, and the ability Uh have you seen him return kicks like to me it sounds like that would make perfect sense and also quick trivia question do you remember the skier that the eagles drafted i'll say maybe 15 years ago there was a skier and he was literally like the only thing he did on the eagles was return kicks you both look stumped so i'll save everyone some time his name was jeremy bloom but i make the same connection with with devin allen being a former olympian i'm just like yeah just have him return kicks it's like what else is he gonna do just catch the ball and just find a hole and try to well no i think i think he's just preparing for the speed i mean because that's what you have to do nowadays the game is changing right you have like tyree kills and jalen waddles which it's insane that they're on the same team by the way Mm -hmm. you have apparently daniel jones is the fastest quarterback on 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 the field somehow (laughs) clocking faster than lamar jackson so you need to get some of these practice squad players with elite speed i think that's where devin allen comes in where he's stretching out the field i will say um, I saw him really stretch out the field, and he was wide open when, of course, Marcus was was getting hit. Um, but dude is fast; like he he just runs like a sprinter. It's crazy to to, to see him take off. Let's uh, let's wrap it up in the next like three or four minutes or so. Yeah, I mean, I I have uh, I, th- I think I've touched on about everything mm-hmm. that I th- have had on my mind. Uh, if you guys have any closing closing arguments or words. Uh... Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I'm kind of excited for this Thursday. I won't be going to the game. I actually gave my tickets away. Um, just, you know, busy week this week. Um, but I am excited to see if Anthony Richardson is going to play um, just to see uh, Colts. I don't know if he's actually taking the field yet with the Colts, but they haven't named him as a starter. Kind of interesting mm. just to see a new quarterback QB go out there, see what he's done. I don't know if he's played yet or not. Um, I know some of the other rookie QBs are having a tough time. I heard CJ Stroud is like <laughs> just not good. Bryce Young is having a difficult time. I've heard it's been like really difficult out there for some of these uh, <laughs> uh, rookie guys. Uh, so I'm excited to see if Anthony Richardson will say. And like, I do want to see Jalen Hurts out there. I don't want to see him get hurt. I know I'm, everyone's going to attack me. Like, oh, you, you wanted this, right? I want to see him out there. I want to see him make some throws. Let's play against a defense that's not your own. Let's 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 just some screen passes. Yeah. Just a screen pass or two, maybe a slant. Yeah. I mean, just last year he got hit quick. laid out of bounds. Remember, he got hit laid out of bounds last year in preseason. Oh. Yeah. Was was that the Jets? Uh, it, I was do the Jets. That, it was yeah, the Jets. It was the Jets. It was the Jets. Yeah, Nick Sirianni yeah. said WT. They're saying expletive. Aaron Rodgers is going to play uh, this week. 
Aaron Rodgers hasn't played a preseason game in forever, but like they they want him out there and playing. And he's like, I'll see, do like it. whatever. You know, Aaron Rodgers, Anthony Richardson, these players make sense. Rodgers is getting acclimated to a brand new team, and Anthony Richardson is a rookie, so like that that makes sense for preseason. And in that regard, I can understand why we don't see Hurts because yeah. You know, not, hopefully not much has changed. Uh, personnel is still very similar. Playbook, I'm sure there's still a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of the same stuff going on. So um, hopefully an adjustment like that is not one that needs to be worried about. Ali, any closing words from you before we before we, uh, you know, before we sign off? I think it'll be cool uh, to see uh, to see our boy Shane come back to the link under uh in oh, in a yeah. new uniform of the Colts uh Shane's but no I, I think I think if we can continue as we've been doing over the course of this this training camp this preseason um I want to see a couple of starters get in just at least a couple of plays right like get these guys throwing a football to each other um I want to see Jalen Hurts in there for a few snaps if if not a whole drive um granted right like these guys i get it why you would want to rest them because the last game they played was six months ago whereas you talk about like the jets the last game they played was december right so uh, two months may seem like not a lot of time but it's a good point a lot on your body having to play in the playoffs having to play in the super bowl so i i would you know, if if Jalen Hurts doesn't play, I, I would be shocked if Patrick Mahomes plays uh, in that same vein because you want to get these guys as much rest as you can before before the season starts to to matter. So, if I'm not um, mistaken. I think I did see Patrick Mahomes play in a preseason game. I'll pass it. Uh, yeah, go ahead, Ali. No, no, I, I'm I'm just excited to again continue to see how this roster is going to shape up, right? Because at the end of the day, this is when we're going to really start seeing what the 2023-2024 season is going to look like for us. We're going to have to hopefully get a lot more answers at the linebacker position, hopefully get some answers on the safety position. Um, And this is why I like this time of the year. It's because there's so much uncertainty and you kind of start seeing it evolve into what it'll become for the remainder of the season. Mahomes threw 15 passes last week against the Cardinals and they won 38-10. to So if you want to talk about people going out, I'm I'm just saying, though, he threw 10 for 15, 66 percent, 105 yards and one touchdown, 109 rating. So Mahomes is out there playing. Head coach Jonathan Gannon. It makes sense that, you know, Mahomes would just (laughs) impose his will on Jonathan Gannon one more time. Dak Prescott has not taken a uh, snap yet. Yeah, pretty sure. Uh, I'm pretty sure Mahomes beat Gannon with like one healthy ankle in the second. I don't even want to talk about it. Oh, There's still too. I got a pit in my stomach. Please don't. Yeah, and and yeah, I still already have one working from this oh. ridiculous Dallas Cowboys 16 and one Madden nonsense. So on that note, everyone, thank you for tuning to Winging It. Thank you for winging it with us as always. We will be back later this week, probably Friday, to recap. Thank goodness the final stupid preseason game <laughs> of the season. And then we can start, you know, we'll, 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 we'll talk a little bit about fantasy drafts because we were hitting the, this is the climax of, of fantasy drafts, final week of August, first week of September. So we finally have real football around the corner for Alex, for Ali. I'm Andrew. Have a great week, everyone. Go birds. <laughs>